with his works of mythological fiction and i know i keep saying this but this is one of the best conversation i had on the show but believe me this is an episode you will never regret listening to here we have talked about lost mythological values right brain versus left brain some lord shiva stories and also the travel journeys of amish and beyond Make sure to leave a positive review on Apple Podcast because your feedback matters to us. Now, stay tuned. I'm curious to know from my guest that how how your formative years have shaped into the career that you're leading. How how does that happen? Take us to the flashback. Um Look, I I grew up in a very deeply uh, religious and traditional family. My uh, my parents were educated in the Hindi medium. My uh, uh, grandfather uh, was a pandit at Banaras in uh, Kashi, and also used to teach at Banaras Hindu University. Um, and my uh, that's my paternal grandfather, my father's father. My maternal grandmother was also a teacher. So essentially, we grew up. in an atmosphere where uh, uh, knowledge was respected a great deal as you know uh, uh, we would say often in the family saraswati ma ki bahut ka bahut aashirwad tha lekin lakshmi ma humse dur hi rehti thi so that was the kind of family i grew up in uh, and we were the first generation in our entire extended family all of us and our cousins we were the first generation to be educated in, in english um mm-hmm. the uh, that impacted the way we approach life of course you know because our parents had made a lot of sacrifices to uh, give us the education that we got it was beyond their income and uh, uh, class capacity um uh, so uh, we were obviously therefore very career focused you know we had to uh, make sure that the sacrifices our parents made uh, were worth it right so so i would have grown up in a very religious household i had knowledge of all our uh, shastras i was deeply interested in history but in my career choices i was very pragmatic no matter where my interests lay because i had to do well right so uh, i uh, did uh, bsc mathematics did an mba from iim calcutta was a banker for 14 years uh, so the traditional route to to kind of uh, do well in life Uh, and i'm giving you that entire background of what our family went through because this was the pragmatic thing to do right you can't just uh go out to discover yourself when you have responsibilities i understand that <laughs> uh also because you mentioned that you were uh, you know for 14 years you were into your regular job of finance and so how how did you approach that whole universal building of the books that you have uh you had written like it's a different universe you mentioned that definitely you are always been a uh, been an avid reader 
but but didn't it like you know keeping you away from the reality when you were creating the whole different universe altogether i think among the things that uh, you know that our education system which is a very western uh, mm-hmm. colonial mm-hmm. education system uh mm-hmm. is that uh, we think that uh, the left brain and the right brain are not supposed to work in harmony that instincts and uh, uh rationality are two different beasts that science and religion have to be separate that creativity and maths have to be separate that is not the way ancient indian saw it our gurukul system uh, saw both of them working in harmony uh, so the left brain uh, you know was was uh, uh supposed to be the seat of uh, of uh, of lord shiva the right brain the seat of the goddess right and uh, they are supposed to work in harmony um is just that our education system is such that we don't expect the two of them to work in harmony um mm-hmm. you'll find many of our ancient uh, um mathematicians were also poets creators were also scientists it used to be that way so uh, if you actually develop your right brain it makes your left brain also more efficient i found that 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 mm-hmm. i mean my writing makes my business side also more efficient so it's like you know because i think uh, in one of the interview i have also uh, listened to talking about the feminine energy and uh, masculine energy so it's like one can balance it as, as we should that's what lord shiva teaches us through the arjanareshwar form so mm-hmm. uh, you know the arjanareshwar form right lord shiva and goddess parvati they were mm-hmm. sitting together there was a devotee of uh, lord shiva uh, who said that i'll worship only you and not the goddess and lord shiva said if you worship me you have to worship the goddess with me and uh, uh, devotee actually wanted to do a circumambulation of lord shiva only then lord shiva merged into goddess parvati that if you do a circumambulation of me मेरी परिक्रमा करनी है तो देवी की भी करनी पड़ेगी राइट right and in the western way the female goddess has always been disrespected mm-hmm. you know in the western middle eastern way goddesses are called false that worshiping them is evil you know you have to be killed or converted uh india is among the last surviving goddess worshiping cultures most other mm-hmm. goddess worshiping cultures were violently killed by the same people by europeans and turks largely uh you notice in english uh the male god is written with a capital g it's a yes. grammar root the female goddess if you notice is written with a small g have you noticed that true it's a yes. grammar root why because in their culture language reflects a culture it came from right so in their culture male god is true female god is no false that's the english culture and many of us indians we have got so westernized we think this is the actual path in sanskrit there's no difference between the male god and the female goddess in sanskrit the in the rigveda there are hymns written by uh, rishikas female rishis uh, we had the equivalent of female prophets mm-hmm. right in uh, uh, in ancient india 
uh, we had uh, women who ruled in their own name like rani prabhavati gupta rani rudrama devi we had women prophets we had women scientists we had women who founded universities vallabhi university ancient india mm-hmm. okay. true but we've got so westernized first the uh, our invaders actually impacted our thinking first the turks who we call mm-hmm. the delhi trans moguls first the turks and then the europeans and so we've come to see the feminine energy is somehow inferior that's not the traditional indian approach the traditional mm-hmm. indian approach, feminine and masculine are are equal and only when you work them in harmony do you lead a better life indeed because you talk about the western influence uh, and when we talk about the comic con it is completely ruled by the superheroes like whatever men superman iron man or any of the marvel and dc characters So, when do you think when we as Indian can take the cultural pride in our heroes? Uh, are you talking about us spreading it to the rest of the world? Yes. So, I think the first thing we have to do is first we have to learn it ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. forget about uh, spreading to the rest of the world will come next. Uh, how many of us ourselves know? You know our our culture. Uh, And I think also like you. Like who have yeah, literally believed that oh India was always patriarchal? What nonsense! Have you even read our ancient texts? India was not patriarchal, right? Mm-hmm. We have become patriarchal in the last thousand years because of our invaders. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first thing we Indians have to do is we have to learn our own culture. Mm-hmm. Right? Once we learn our own culture, 1.4 billion people of us, the rest of the world will also learn. Mm-hmm. our first task learn our own and i don't blame the kids of today it's not their fault the education system doesn't teach them anything right uh, so which is why uh, uh, they believe and the british raj told us some things which he believed to be true like for example i'm sure you must have learned that in ancient times women weren't taught right you must have been yeah yes. that the india was a some, some part of the country it's still there that women weren't taught again not true of ancient india like i said mm-hmm. women founded universities in ancient india forget about learning or teaching they founded the universities in ancient mm-hmm. india vallabhi university uh, mm-hmm. uh the the greatest ancient indian text for mathematics which used to be taught in all our gurukuls and patshalas till the 18th century when the british destroyed india's indigenous education system the main mathematical text used that used to be used to teach uh, students was called leelavati it was written by uh, uh, a great uh, mathematician teacher called bhaskaracharya from modern karnataka around 1200 years ago i think um, and uh, he had written sanskrit uh, ye uh, math theories in the form of sanskrit poetry Now, think about the sheer creativity of it you are reading a sanskrit poem and by the end of it without realizing it you've learned a math theory okay then that is again left brain right brain together the key mm-hmm. question however is why did he name his book leelavati okay mm-hmm. because his daughter's name was leelavati she mm-hmm. hated mathematics okay mm-hmm. and he wanted to make it interesting for her so he mm-hmm. wrote this text for his daughter okay to make it interesting for her okay mm-hmm. so the greatest text that we had for mathematics was written for a girl because he wanted to teach his daughter the wonders of mathematics right this is what our culture was is this that we don't know many of this most modern indians won't even have heard of leelavati let alone the text let alone read it also because you travel immensely and recently we had seen your documentary as well so what is the biggest shift you had because of your 
travel journeys? Uh, no, I I love traveling, and because of this, I you know I have uh, traveled to many places in India, but uh, mm-hmm. because of this uh, because of this documentary, Legends of the Ramayana, I got to visit some places along with experts. So some parts of places that I'd never assumed, you know. So like uh, that I'd never seen. So uh, you know, in the in the Ramayana, we have heard of uh, Valmiki ji saying that there was an underground river, right? Mm-hmm. and when we would have read it in our childhood we'd have said are what underground river this is you know obviously you know it's a myth correct mm. and uh, we went to uh, chitrakoot along with uh, you know and discovery tv did the research uh, out there we found an underground river okay, okay. and mm-hmm. we actually recorded and shot out there there's a geologist along with us uh, who was explaining where the river was coming from where it was going so matlab valmiki ji was right right Yeah. uh it is and i was speaking to the pujari out there he was saying this is the first time he recalls a tv camera coming you know to chitrakoot this was a place where lord ram had spent 11 years at that you know he used to go to that underground river once every few days and look at us indians we are so cut off from our culture that uh, you know that no tv camera had gone there we were among the first ones to go there mm-hmm. so As to the point I was making earlier, we need to discover our own country and our own culture. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. And also, uh, your first book was uh, the heroic character was Shiva, and uh, it was a big uh, popular among youth, especially. So, why do you think why why not Shiva uh, is such a you know uh, such a popular god among youth? What's the reason of that? Um. you know uh, lord shiva is i mean with complete respect to other gods and goddesses you know lord shiva is in a way a god of the rebels right he is in a way an anti elitist god you know he exists outside of society he is he is a very cool god right in in many ways he dances brilliantly he sings brilliantly he is the is the lord of dance he is the originator of yoga he is the originator of music uh he doesn't differentiate between uh, anyone he blessed the devas and the asuras doesn't differentiate between men and women you know his wife sits next to him as an equal uh uh so he is he is in a way a very cool god right and especially those of us who are rebellious you know and who are slightly anti elitist as i am uh we find him very attractive right again with complete respect to other gods and goddesses mm-hmm. and the youth i guess also tends to be this way right the youth uh, you know relatability factor it's yeah is the youth tends to be rebellious uh, mm-hmm. they tend to be slightly anti elitist mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know uh, uh, so they obviously would find the god like lord shiva very attractive mm-hmm. as one of my younger readers had said lord shiva is the dude of the gods dude of the gods <laughs> and you know, with your with your fiction writing i think and you really do the justification for the same also also there's a one thing that i'm always curious to know from my guests that what is the one trend i wish you would love to see more evolved in the new world what is the one trend that you would like to see more embraced what's that one trend seems like you know if you ask me honestly uh we are we are living in an age where you're going to see a lot of change mm-hmm. there's this line which is credited to lenin that uh, 
there are decades where nothing happens and uh, there are a few years where decades happen right? uh, we are passing through such a phase you know there was, from the end of the second world war till now there was a relatively stable equilibrium the west dominated uh, everyone else had to align to whatever the western paradigm and rules were even the us russia uh, us soviet uh, cold war in those days was in effect a internal civil war between the west because they were both western right? mm-hmm. um you are seeing the world change dramatically in this decade think about from 2020 onwards we had a pandemic uh, you know once in a 100 year pandemic you know none of us have a living memory of a pandemic like that mm-hmm. uh uh there are uh, you know massive natural disasters that are happening uh there's uh, a war that is impacting the entire world and inflation rate in the uk is around you know upwards of 10% they haven't had that in in 50 60 years okay mm-hmm. um this is a period of a lot of change uh and uh, there is this uh, there is this chinese line that may you live in interesting times which is both a blessing and a curse okay uh may you live in exciting times because it means things will just change a lot now what kind of attitude what kind of attitude will help you survive a time like this right uh you could be relaxed and carefree if you are living in the 1990s 2000s things were okay now you need to be tough you need to be resilient right because mm-hmm. you have no idea where the next blow will come from who would have predicted ki oil prices would hit this and suddenly there would be a shortage of wheat who would have predicted who would have predicted there would be this massive pandemic entire world would shut down so in times like this the ones who survive the ones who thrive the ones who succeed are the ones who are tough and resilient right ki no matter what blows you receive you will remain standing mm-hmm. and that to me i am confident that indian i mean i'm i'm living in the west i can tell you right now many of the uh, at least i feel many of the youngsters in the west have actually become very soft right uh they start crying at the smallest things i don't understand you know among the most privileged generations in history matlab their phone stops working they'll start crying i don't un- i mean it's it in many ways very weak right mm-hmm. whereas indian youth tend to be a lot tougher whatever happens we have to handle it right because we've seen tough times right so that probably the fact that we are tough and resilient mm-hmm. uh, may be a comparative advantage in the next 10 years for indians also i'm a big fan of saying of you know harari himself mentioned in this book the as you mentioned you know the people who are going to thrive or survive in the upcoming years are the people who are adaptable to the change most adaptable absolutely adaptable to the change yeah and what he says is right it's not the survival of the fittest it's the survival of the most adaptable right and what does adaptability need it means times change i will change with it i will be tough i will not collapse are yaar i had this you know job suddenly my entire industry itself has shut down don't worry i'll retrain fine also right you have that kind of attitude you will succeed right but if you have an attitude that boss i have built up my experience in this now what do i do i want the government to pay me and help me survive then you're not going to survive you're weak then got it also this is last thing 
just imagine what you imagine. I think if there would be ever a movie made on on Lord Shiva and you know the mm-hmm. character of the book, uh, who who do you think which actor should play that role? Who which actor? Should should justification. You should leave that to uh, the director. <laughs> The one I like most as Lord Shiva and everything that I've uh, seen is Mohit Rana, who acted in Devo Ke Dev Mahadev. Oh um, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like Lord Shiva was living in him. It was it was yes. amazing to see him in. Any time you see him uh, in any other character of any other movie, like the first one came for him Mahadev. So yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, he has done a good justification. Yeah. Oh, with that said, thank you so okay. much. Thank, thank you so much. It was lovely, Thanks, lovely time. Thank you. Thanks. Pleasure chatting with you. Bye. Bye. India is the cradle of human race, the birthplace of human speech, the mother of history, the grandmother of legend, and the great grandmother of traditions. Our most valuable and instructive materials in the history of humankind are treasured in India only. Today in the 21st century we have evolved. We have evolved a lot. It's a century where we have access to different societies and different parts of the globe. We are getting to know more about the world, which I really really appreciate. But in this process are we losing ourselves? So this episode with Amish this conversation with Amish made me question lots of things are we losing our culture are we losing our identity are we really much influenced towards the western and western culture and western world that we are no longer aware of our stories and our values how can we embrace the various elements of indian culture such as indian books on philosophy indian cuisine yoga etc and can really create a great impact all over the world how can we be the catalyst of change you and i do you have any ideas do let me know in the instagram page of trending diary and also do not forget to check out this episode the few snippets of the episode on youtube There you can enjoy the episode on the visual manner and I'll see you soon in another episode with another great value with another great story till then bye bye and god bless us all